You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, Sid Talk, I this believe. This is the before the after the show discussion. I believe that. Um, but we're not going to discuss it. Anything that we've just talked about. Because I'm going to say, first of all, I am fully aware. I'm gonna. There's a certain listener who I'm going to call Daisy. Billy. Daisy. It's not her name, but she'll know who she is. That's a fake name, just to protect her her identity. She has made me aware that I uh, uh, sound like a potty mouth, and I totally, <laughs> I totally accept this. I have been a potty mouth most of my life. And in fact, I have stories of learning bad words like from my mother, from my siblings and whatnot. So I'm going to try really hard not to say the F word. It's probably going to happen though, so be prepared, Daisy. And I'm going to try... That's really the worst one, isn't it? The C word's pretty bad. I don't say that. I am not... I've never said that. In fact, I find that's really rude. That's the difference between you and me. I would never say that, but I say the F word as if it's just... I want to emphasize certain things. So I say that. So to a a person who doesn't want to be a potty mouth, uh, I'm not trying to set a bad example. And yes, you can express yourself in way better ways than using bad words. I'm aware of this, so I'm going to work on it. But I've been alive 45 years... So I'm not sure if I can really... What I'm going to try to do when I have the impulse to use the F word, I'm going to replace it with the name of an artist. Now, this I'm ste- the idea I'm stealing from a guy... Um, so in, Hold on. So instead of fuck off... <laughs> potty mouth. You can say Van Gogh. Use it. <laughs> you used a bad word. You used a bad word. I but I was I'll say like, oh, Picasso. <laughs> or, you know, or that... Picasso idiot. That's what I'm going to try to do now. I'm stealing this idea from uh, a YouTube channel, the Vlog Brothers, and the John Green is one of the brothers who writes novels and stuff. And when he wants to swear on some of their YouTube videos, he replaces the name, the word with like a name of an author or something else. So I'm stealing the idea from him completely. And it may not always work because it may not occur to me. Maybe I should just replace every swear word with the word Daisy. So Daisy knows I'm, I'm. She is helping me to learn how to be a better talker. All right. So there you go. <laughs> so uh, that's. I'm your not going to go into any potty mouth support. And groups. I ruined this by swearing this week. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm the potty mouth for the beginning of the show. I promise I won't swear again during the show. Don't In fact, that. I don't swear. Very don't write checks. Your mouth can't cash. <laughs> what, what was that attitude? That you had I'm going to do some attitude. Do not write checks that your mouth can't cash. Alright, so, this week's after the show, it's Saturday, February the 2nd, 2013. We're in this time machine Yeah, at the this moment. isn't February 2nd, because that will be our anniversary, and this is not our anniversary. It will be when, yeah, that's when we would ordinarily record this. So yeah, it's Saturday, February... But it February. isn't. We're recording it on... Saturday, February the 2nd, 2013, <laughs> and this is episode 260. The movie we're looking at this week is Flight. It's a 2012 movie, nominated for two Academy Awards... Um, best actor and best original screenplay. Um, it's on. It's released on uh, Blu-ray on the fifth of February, so you'll be able to get it this coming Tuesday. And it's rated R. 
There's no tagline for this movie. It's from our friends at Paramount, and Sid is going to give you the synopsis of the movie Flight. I think we should start a new feature at this point, and that you, since I have to give a synopsis every week, you should have to, even if a movie does have a tagline, you should be have to come up with a tagline that you would put on the movie. I'm not saying do it now, because I'm putting you on the spot, but I think that's a good feature. All right. And you'll be responsible for it, since I have somehow become responsible for the synopsis. That being Not become, you have since day one. Yeah, but I didn't choose it. You just started asking me, and then sometimes I don't know what to say. This one, flight is a... It's a like a really intense look at a person who is deep in an addiction, and like he's a pilot, and events are, you know, surrounding a terrible event. But it's more about how does any of this wake him up from his sort of self-destructive, you know... Tendencies. It really is. I mean, they're... I find it hard to categorize this movie. It is a, as a slice of a time of a person's life. I'd say when, yeah, it's a character study of... And the guy said it. The guy who plays the his friend and the, the guy who's in the hospital room at first. He said... The actor guy said it. it but I can't remember what he said about it. That it's about a person like waking up essentially to some realities about himself. So, so yeah, that is uh, the synopsis of Flight. And let me say first off on this movie Flight, um, I think, and we've not seen all the movies for this year yet, that it will be hard to. This will be it somewhere in our top ten. Well, that's a big statement, so I can't predict that. I, I actually that, but think it will it's because pretty awesome. it is. It's pretty Picasso awesome. It is. Um, <laughs> it's everything about it, like from it, the opening scene, which contains some nudity. I have get, to say that. Get over I just read, somebody had just checked in. Yeah. I use Get Glue to check into movies, and somebody had checked in on Get Glue and said, "I just started to watch this, and there's nudity immediately, so I'm turning this off. There is no more nudity after that point, right?" I don't think I don't think Not so. Not I can think of either. Maybe Denzel's bottom yeah. at one point, if you count that as nudity. But I mean, it is. Yeah. Nude butt. But it's not. It's not. Yeah. But Isn't it funny how people think? Yeah. Like because that. How is that? How is that so offensive? offensive to yeah. Is it like this? Like that thing you that thing you watched about um, Mormons and them um, the clean, clean flicks. flicks, where. Even why, like you're in your life, you're choosing not to swear, not to have this and that, not to do drugs, not to not to have like premarital sex. Therefore, you then say, "Well, I'm going to take it another step forward and say I'm not even going to put those ideas in my brain at all. I don't even want to watch a movie about premarital sex because I might get what contaminated." So somebody who says, "I don't even want to look at nudity on a movie." Without knowing the context, is that because you, you're, ch- I don't understand that completely. I don't get it either because we're all nude underneath our clothes. Right? <laughs> yes. I mean, you can't get I'm away. Nude. You're not telling, but I'm nude right now. And you can't get away <laughs> from nudities. I mean, you you have a shower. There's some nudity. Right? And it's it's in perfect context with what what we have to see about this character. So it's not like it's not unnecessary. Some might say that, but when you really examine no, it what we're I mean, trying to learn... It looks like it, actually, because we didn't know much about the movie, and the movie started, and there's this air hostess lady who's got an amazing body, kind of parading around the um, bedroom that they're in. Um, she, Well, she's 
getting some clothes, getting yeah. some makeup, but she comes very close to the camera a lot. And, you know, it's very... You know, you see her boobs all the time. Like, they're just coming up to the camera. Some could say, not knowing what this movie is, oh, this is like a exploitive kind of thing, but it's, it's not... funny, because your mind is so... I'm saying it's not... In, it's absolutely not that. I'm no, saying no. some could say, not me, some could say, that watch the opening to this movie, like that person who turned it off, is going, oh my God, this is one of those movies. Exactly. It's going to be full of... Exactly. ...sex the entire time, like... Which is not know what it was, and it does make sense that that... Mm-hmm. But anyway, forget the nudity. This movie, it's Robert Zemeckis, he's, um, he's not done a live-action film for a while, and this is, this is the next one after Castaway, which, interestingly, had a plane crash in it. Correct. So, he's back, and, you know, this is an R-rated movie, and I think it earns its R-rating, because it is truly, in my opinion, R-rated. Because of the themes, because nothing Because of else. the themes. Um, There's nothing drugs, else that... I mean, it doesn't flinch away from people doing drugs, Mm-mm. the drug lifestyle. But it doesn't go, know. like, in the... It's not like, train spot in hard, Or it's not, like, training day, even, which we've talked about. It's not that hardcore in it, but it's just a look at someone Yeah, it drugs. doesn't flinch. It's, a, it's as though drugs are just a daily part of this mm-hmm. guy's... Uh, and people around yep. him's life, you know? Um, it is a lifestyle, as they say. Yeah. And, you know... We've all seen movies about drug people taking drugs and stuff, and the people who usually take the drugs are either like gangsters and stuff, like Goodfellas, or real waster type people like Train Spotting. But this guy is the guy who gets you from A to B the, in an the, airplane. In yeah. an airplane, the pilot who the writer of this um, movie said that he he yeah. was he was sat on a plane and the pilot was on his way home and he was he he was like got on the plane and sat next to him. And started to talk to him, and the guy said, the writer, I don't really want to know about a pilot's backstory. Because, as far as I'm concerned, he has to, he's perfect, right? He, there's no flaws he said that, in that character. He contradicted himself later in an extra and said, I want to know things about the person driving the car I'm in, and I definitely want to know about the pilot who's flying my plane. So right. I wasn't, after he said that, then I was like, hmm. But we don't think, I mean, you know, there's a scene in this movie where the pilot. Uh, comes to the front and talks to the passengers, which I've seen happen. You know, I've been on a plane where the pilot comes and talks to you all. I had never. I do not. I, mm-hmm. I, on my international flight, the pilot came and just made sure everybody was easy. And you know, the drinks will be coming in a minute. And you know, right. we, we were a bit, in a bit of a delay here. We're, we're Even circling. in the, when we flew to Germany and back, the pilot never came forth. But yeah. he might have came in front of first class. And was talking to people, and we just heard him because we heard him talk several times. And they always seem very gracious and together. I mean, mm-hmm. they just do. They're, they're in charge. They're, the uniform just immediately puts you at ease or something. But, like, if you watch this movie yeah. and think, you know, it's... Yeah, it's disturbing. I, I, and, you know, let's, there'll be some spoilers here about this movie, so go and I watch. definitely recommend... I think I'm not going to speak for you, but it's it's amazing. Go watch it and then come back and listen to what we say right. because everything will, first of all, make more sense. It sounds a bit of a... Now, it's hard to describe. Because I can't talk about what without some spoilers yeah. here. But what I found amazing about this movie is how the whole thing is like a grey area. Because, you know, there's going to be a plane crash. This guy who, the night before, was... Well, the day, mm-hmm. the same day, took some cocaine, drank... So he's and had a good, a nice sleep while the plane was flying. Well, the auto the autopilot and the so he was having a sleep, wasn't he, before the plane started to go down? Um, so he's 
you know, not hundred percent, not hundred percent. I would say, but because of his expertise or something about him, maybe it was the drugs that made him heightened. See, that's Actually, one of the things I was right. going to say that I find really intriguing about that, that's that story. the thing. Yeah, how it's a gray area, right? So he saves how many people? Ninety-six. Nine, Ninety-six people would have died if he wouldn't have done what he did, and I won't spoil what he did. But it's a really interesting. Oh my god, plane it's crash, amazing. Right? There is a plane crash, and it's not like one you've ever seen before. Um, and what he did saved these people, yet he was completely messed up. Like, he was cocaine and, you know. So, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? Does his personal thing come into him working? Did it affect his judgment? No, because he did... Ah, but what you can say is, even with what he did do, because at the moment, he was... Were, if he had been in full mind and full capacity in the moments leading up, would he have been able to been more alert and even done one thing more to have, as they said, right. the ultimate reason was just oh. one little thing. So you can never, you could never say that he couldn't have done better because it's very possible that that state of mind led him to not do one more thing that could have saved but, everybody. But also on the other end of that, the cocaine could have heightened him. So, you know, it, it gives... In fact, they, they show it in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's drunk at one point, and they give him cocaine to get him out of the drunken stupor and make him more, just normal again, right? It's, right. But in then, fact, they mention it a couple... They even, he even mentions it's about the girl, doesn't he? You know, yeah. use cocaine to... But the reason the, guy, he the go- drug dealer guy says to the to the girl, yeah, here's, here's this, and if you get too down, take this. They right. explain that a few but times. But that's why he's taking a nap because now he's on the down. Yeah, the absolutely. Cocaine's done. Yeah, it's no longer making him alert. But so what I'm saying is, in the state he's in, is he better than when he's normal? We don't know what he's like normal. We don't know if he could have handled that situation. Normal. I don't think. I think this is normal for him. Right. Just like he was saying when he kept. Well, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about normal as in. Yes, normal for him is being drunk because he's an alcoholic, right? But I'm right. talking so about imagine normal his, not being Imagine drunk. his whole life as a pilot, even in flight school, even in the na- in the Air Force, all of that time. I mean, they every make, time he's they do flying, make it clear he could have been drinking the whole time. Well, they do. They make it clear because he goes back to his family house mm-hmm. where his little plane is there. And the house is full of booze. It's just full of booze. Well, it's right? not his house. It was his dad's house. His dad's house, sorry. But I think booze runs in the family, Correct. right? So, I mean... Um, so normal for him is this state of mind of down and up and down and up and chemically altered at all times. So, you know, the thing is that all led to a possible glitch in that day when he could have done one thing. So I like all the gray areas of the movie because he... They didn't make it so that the plane crash was because of his negligence at all. And he's despicable. Like, you you look at him and you're like, he's a terrible individual. Like, he's out of control and he's got people's lives in his hands and he's just self-centered and... But then on on another hand, sometimes you look at him and you're like, no, he's going through trouble. Like, he can't cope with life or whatever. And then, you know, there's the scene at the end where he looks at the... Mm-hmm. picture and he is having to give an oath and you, he's just lied a lot right we mm-hmm. just see him point blank lie and that whole moment there is is, is that's the powerful moment of the movie for me the whole thing because like, he has many out they give it you know he's written in many many opportunities for that moment to happen and it's just one of those things that in my philosophy of life of in your life if you have 
self-destructive tendencies or you are you've obligated yourself to a relationship that's abusive and and tearing you down or you are abusive that there's nothing anyone can tell you or do for you at all there's not one single thing until the switch gets flicked in your own self that that's it. Right, and that's the And I don't believe it's a god, and I don't believe it's anything like that. It is just in the... And he was given a few of those moments along the way. He could have done it in the hospital. He could have done it when he cleared out all the booze. He could have done it when he met the girl. He could have done it when they first started doing the investigation. He could have done it in the hotel. And then in this... And then that moment, with no other explanation, because we don't fully know his feelings about her, and it's probably not even about her 100%, but that... Switch got flicked. The and switch there's of, no ex- it's the switch of I'm a terrible person. Oh, what I don't that, think I don't no, think that's it, it. See, I do. I think it's the switch of I'm about to, like he says, throw somebody under the bus, who's actually not even. I just think the switch. There's nothing even about it. It just happens, and you're t- you know, like your your belt. You've got you're filled with every. Uh, I, oh, you're just well. That's tired what the writer it. said. That it was. Uh, like he's like all the lies you exactly. can only tell so many and eventually exactly you, you know you're full of lies and that's it like, and that's what i love about it that it's not like you said it's i don't call it gray area but it is kind of what it is that all these other influences and all these other uh, like struggles that are happening nothing really does it until it's in and it just happens i mean it's you know? i mean it's a gray area of do you like him do you not like him do you understand him do you despise him he's not a clear him? bad or good not guy clear. like yeah. it, um and my favorite thing about how he is is how don Cheadle's character reacts to him yeah because he's got like this disdain for him yet he's his lawyer so he has to like understand him a bit and when he says here's the file i've got on you and it's this huge concertina file so he knows everything about him right but then there's this one point where the drug yep. thing, where it's just... He's like, okay, I yeah, accept. The people I deal with are just <laughs> effed up. Like, I, this either works or it doesn't. I, I think the performance Don Cheadle gives is as good as Denzel Washington's, even though he's not in it a lot. As I think much. he's amazing. Amazing. Because he he's very professional, and then he has to deal with these this dark guy who... He knows. He can see through all his shit, right? Yeah, yeah. His lies. He knows. In fact, he doesn't have to see through his lies. He tells him, doesn't he? He just says, you know, I'm... Yeah, I was drinking that day. But my question... You know, there's two bottles of... My question is... Where's yeah, the but the thing about Don Cheadle's character is he doesn't want to hear that. No. He doesn't really want the truth. He's got his... Yeah, because it's his job's harder if exactly. he gets the truth. Exactly. He's right? got everything... Already, this is it. This is what I do. He's a lawyer, so he's trying to protect him and make sure that the NTFS is that what they're called? No, that's a file system, Windows file system. <laughs> but you can call it. What's it called? The NTA. See, NFTB. Whatever. I keep saying it. The organization. New kids on who... the block. NK. <laughs> the organization <laughs> or the whatever government agency that monitors flight and then comes and investigates crashes and stuff. NKTOB. <laughs> what is it? They do say remember. it so much. Like How's it, those NTFS? Almost, no, NTFS is a file system for Windows. National Terrible Flight Simulation. <laughs> it's the AP, Alcoholic no. Pilot. It's N something. No, so, yeah, Don Cheadle's thing was amazing. Um, the other thing I thought is Denzel Washington's... Um, this kind of character, and Training Day is another example, but it's a different mm-hmm. 
Very but it, different. But it's a flawed character, you know, that... Can we get... You know, everybody's flawed. I don't think we can define people that way anymore. Everybody well, in every movie severely flawed. flawed, then, let me say. Like, somebody who really has not got it together at all, like... I don't but know. they put on this facade that they have, in Training Day especially. Right. Like, he's... Yeah, to the to the rookie, this guy is the the shit until you find it out starts that, yeah. to unfold that no, he's not holding it together. He's a complete f up. Same as this guy. To the public, when he walks on the plane, oh, Mister Pilot guy, he's great. And we trust to, you. We even trust to you. the air hostesses and everybody. Yeah, not really. Well, maybe not to the co-pilot guy that saw through him. Didn't or Margaret, she knows. Yeah, well, Margaret just accepts it like it's fine. Like it, I don't think so. He's been. I she, mean, what I mean is. She's flown with him for 13 right. years or whatever. Nothing ever happened. He's good. But she still wants him to go to church. Co-pilot sees, the, um, sees through it a little bit. Immediately. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. If he smells... He did. He said he smelled, smelled it. Smelled it. And he says, are, are we okay today? Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, he just kind of blows him off, doesn't he? But uh, yeah, there's also a moment where he goes to see the um, co-pilot. And it's a bit of a Jesus-y thing. And mm. I thought, oh no, it's, this movie's going to go all preachy Me and too, stuff. I was so afraid. And I'm so glad that it absolutely did not. Me like, too. It was just another opportunity for Denzel Washington to... Oh, and it's amazing that where he holds... Where you know that Denzel Washington, I mean the character, inside with these people. And they say, join us in prayer. and he, And he does... But you know inside that he's just doing that. No, I think he. I think he's genuinely looking for something. But I was thrilled that the story doesn't take him to be like saved by some Jesus thing or God. He's not saved by AA. He's not saved by any structured thing that a lot of people. Yes, they can help people f- overcome bad things in their life. I can't deny that. However. It's also a facade. It's a fake thing. Yes, I'm I'm an I'm so and so and I am an alcoholic and I go to meetings and I'm holding it together. And once you start using that as your like your glue to hold it together, you haven't solved your problem. It does work with some people. He just came to it on um, his own. Nicole in this movie. Right, but I mean, he. What I'm saying is, he. There was no like overt thing that somebody could. Put him in a little slot and say, oh, this is going to solve it. He had to come to that moment, like I said before, completely on his own. Right, but I like the fact that they presented those options to him along the way. Plus, you know, the girl. And to say, who this can't meets. save everybody. Right, the girl who he meets, Nicole, yeah. take, uh, takes him to the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And his face in that meeting, and he's just not interested at all. Like, And he's just looking to the side. That's really telling. And then, you know, when he has to go to see... Mm-hmm. And the, the the conversation on the stairs with the cancer patient and the the girl, that was really good too, mm-hmm. I thought. There's a lot of good moments in here. And it is a character. And what is also interesting, I thought, is that this starts off like a big action movie with this big event. And then the rest of the movie is a, a, a really quiet kind mm-hmm. of drama. Which is different, isn't it? Because usually movies build up to something. And this starts with the bang, uh, so to speak, and then... Because the way the story the could characters. have been told is, we meet him, he's fucked up, we see him take a few flights, and he's still fucked up, and he refuses to get help, and he's an alcoholic, and we see him descend, and then, near the end, he crashes a plane, right. and then we then he has the aha moment. But I it prefer is, the... Ob- oh, definitely. Because it's not normally done this way. Like you say, it normally leads up to a, to the downfall, right? This starts with this, and then we... What other movie did that? Um, the one with Matt Damon... The tsunami started it. Other side, afterlife, that was it. Where it started with this big, huge Clint action Eastwood's piece. Movie, yeah. yeah, 
And then it's all the same thing. Very quiet and talking, you know, people and... Yeah, I, I agree. So, yeah, I like the way this was put together. It's a different take because, yeah, it's a huge plane crash type moment at the beginning. Very, yeah. Um, yet, that's not the best part of the movie. Oh, goodness, no. It's amazing, right. but no. Which you would, you know... I mean, yes, it might be to some people, but not to... Um, not to me. The the moments, you know, the moments where he's talking to Don Cheadle, um, the moment where he goes to see his wife and his son comes down the stairs. That that was a, one of the best moments, right? Um, I feel like because we don't get a lot of their story anyway, I feel like that was sort of a tool to get us to that later moment. Yeah, but it was. But it, it didn't really tell much because you I thought it was know. amazing that when he, what was going on in the house, and then the door opened, and then he was suddenly in the. Limelight. Yeah, but I mean, as far as like getting to know him and furthering along, we already know that they're fucked up and they're. Oh, sorry, they're Picassoed up in their family. You ruined it. <laughs> no, I've already. And I'm I not think, editing this. Podcast. I think I already said the F word, but I'm um, saying they, he, his family's already messed up because of this, and that moment didn't enlighten him at all. It didn't change him it was another opportunity for him to flick the switch no, that's it what didn't I like. happen yeah, that's, so that's it wasn't good. but it wasn't even it didn't further anything I just along the, we just got to meet I them just face like to face the chain, no I, I, I'm not really talking about meeting them I'm talking about the interaction that happens in there which is uh, and then he switches it off and then he turns into Mr. Pilot Man again because uh, yeah, to yeah. explain it he has like an interaction with his son Come, uh, yeah Conflict, almost, almost like a fight, but like confrontation, a, like a weird one, because he's like hugging him. He wants to hug him, and the son wants to punch. He him. Wants to punch him, right? And then as he walks out of the front door, slamming the door behind him, all the press are there, asking him, and he just completely changes his. Which again backs up the theory, and he, at this moment he's been drinking and he's really wasted, and again he can't cope with the personal side of his life because he's been drinking and that's all been washed away but as soon as he gets this public life thing facing him no matter how wasted he is he, can, he, he looks he the part snaps he, it into place yeah you wouldn't question him that's the thing you, you would be like no he's in charge of the yeah, situation he's exactly um, so yeah it's uh, let's move on to the cast here Denzel Washington Whittaker you know they kept saying on these extras this is one of the best actors he's one of the best actors in the world now or whatever well that's just subjective it is subjective but I have never not enjoyed him in anything I I think he excels every single time we watch something like Safe House which is just a action movie I think the fact that he's in it makes it better I we watched Tony Scott's last movie Rest in Peace before he died um, Unstoppable it's all the better for Denzel Washington being in it. Mm, see, I disagree with that. Even when he's not doing Oscar-caliber acting, just an action movie, let's say. See, and I find that that lowers it because you can't you can't just say, "Oh, it's Denzel Washington." That equals good. It, and I even said, if I'm saying it as, in my opinion, everything I've watched, and I can't think of a bad movie I've seen with Denzel Washington. But that's a bit false because he doesn't just make it good because he's there. No, I'm thinking about his performance in every movie I've seen that he's in has always been good to me. I've never been like, oh, Denzel Washington is awful in this movie. I can't watch it. Or, yeah, but he's often very, very much the same. He's got a cocky, wise, you know, I, I've, I've figured all this shit out, and yet I'm a little bit 
you know, got some trouble that I need to face up to in every single movie. So something like Unstoppable is a is a sort of a package deal. There's nothing surprising. There's nothing out of the ordinary. He's, he remains the same throughout the whole movie. And he's that same character that he was even in American Gangster. We never see the super flawed side of him in, gangst, in American Gangster because we always see the cocky, he gets angry and stuff. But in this one, I feel like it's the best thing I've ever seen. Maybe Man on Fire was the last time I've seen this sort of like the whole person come out. And he, there are moments Training in this one where it's, one like, amazing. Um, well, he only goes from, like, holding it together to being a criminal. So there's nothing yeah, but deep does, about it. it's not him. like him. I, I feel like I'm not watching Denzel Washington in Training Day. He, he's got this air about him that is not what I'm used to with him. And it was the first time I'd seen it, actually. Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, yes, there are a lot of films where he does the same kind mm-hmm. of character. But in Training Day, I was... It was... It's so off. Like, it, it, you know, he's so wired and weird. Like, he, he's very... Right, because animated. all the other movies you see him in, he portrays this wise, I'm in control, I'm trustworthy, I might be some, some of, what of a bad guy, but I'm charismatic, and I'm interesting, and I'm the boss of this movie. I'm in charge of this movie. Whereas then you see him in Training Day, and that starts to crumble a little bit. Then you're like, oh, that's different. It doesn't make it... Great, but then that one he happens to be great. I just think we give actors, women and men, a little more credit sometimes than than they're due just because they've done some things that are really intensely good. And then we let them coast a little bit. Whereas I think this one takes him, it pushes him in different ways. And I, I'm, I'm now I want to see another Denzel Washington movie. Whereas before I wasn't that interested. And I always want to see another Denzel Washington movie. Say like because you know, you're one of the people who lets him coast. Yeah, like American Gangster. You know, I can't think of John Doe wasn't fantastic. It wasn't, but it's entertaining. I would say. But that's not because he's a great American actor, one of the best on the planet. I think that's such well, an Spike overstatement. Spike Lee movies was he in that was? I mean, I'm not a Spike Lee fan, but. He's awesome in some Spike Lee movies. <laughs> the man, hidden man, the one in the bank. Inside. Inside man. man. Yeah. Yeah. Again, same character. In control, unflappable. You know, you're going to have to trust me and I can be a badass if I have to be. It's all like da 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 like I'm talking in monotone because that's what it's like. Whereas in this, it breaks from that. I, I, I You can do no wrong for me. I like him in everything. I'd like um, to examine that thought because it's not reasonable, but whatever. No, it is for me. I've always found him. Of course, it is. Do you <laughs> quality? I've always found some movies that would possibly not be as good as they are, and he adds something to them, like Safe House. You know, if that was just a um, who's the other guy in it, Ryan Reynolds. If that was just Ryan Reynolds, it or Mikey Mark or somebody, it wouldn't be as good because it wasn't a great movie, Mm-mm. but. The character that Denzel plays in it, for me, lifted it up a bit. Like, I mean, you can't say that no other actor could have made that movie better as well. Yeah, I'm sure. But I'm, it's like I'm, saying, what I'm saying is, movies that I see with him in, it elevates it for me. Right, but that's like saying, I love pizza. So no matter where I have it or who makes it, I love pizza and I will always love it. When in fact, you have to consider that some pizza that you get some places... Isn't always great, and there'll be some films. There'll be some films of Denzel Washington I won't like, but it won't be because of Denzel Washington. It'll be because Spike Lee's behind the. How do you know? Maybe it is, and you don't want to admit it. 
No, I know what it is that I don't like about certain <laughs> movies, and it's usually something else. The director, or I don't like the story, or something. So, yeah, Denzel Washington, for me... We agree on this one. He could win this Oscar. I, I, I really think. I think it's it's definitely an Oscar-worthy... We haven't seen all the other performances, though. No, so. but it's it, without any other performances, it's an Oscar-worthy performance in itself. It's so out of the man Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. He is Whit Whitaker for Absolutely. two hours and 40 minutes. Um, so Kelly Riley plays Nicole. Um, we've seen her in Eden Lake. She's mm-hmm. the lady from Eden Lake. She was in the uh, Sherlock Holmes movies. Um, I really like her. She's British. You wouldn't even tell she was British mm-hmm. in this movie. It's a pretty good accent. She's but that's, from Atlanta, Georgia. That's the accent they say is the easiest <laughs> one for British yeah. people to pull. British people, whenever you all try to Im- imitate an American, no matter... What context? We could see it on EastEnders, we could see it in a movie, we could mm. see it in real life, and they always want to go to that accent, because somehow they think that's how Americans talk. Yeah. And it ain't. But she does a good job of not being a British sure. girl. And um, her scenes, I liked how she was pivotal, but then she wasn't yep. the whole movie. Absolutely. Like, she comes and goes. She's in and out of his life. Like It's a little bit like... We're talking about Sucker Punch, where the person you're focused on isn't necessarily right. the whole story. Because I was, you know, she, you're that introduced These events to could be changing her life profoundly because of her interaction with him, but we don't need to know her whole story. Right, and you're introduced to her very early on. Actually, as the flight is taking place, she's in another mm-hmm. place and we're seeing her, and you're thinking, well, this whole movie is just about he's going to meet her at some point and their lives are going to change. Yeah. Well, that kind of happens, but that's not exactly what it is, right? And I like that because I was like, let, let this not be a love story of two, exactly. two souls who are Save tormented. each other. And it's not. And that's great. Because like, I didn't expect it. Because I thought that that might have been how the sappy way it went. like, But it didn't. Um, so then we've got Bruce Greenwood as Charlie Anderson. I like Bruce Greenwood. He's yeah. a ca- character actor who you've seen. Underestimated. In a lot of things. And you don't know his name. He's not that varied. He can be a bad guy sometimes. He can be this kind of a... He's, a, he's the... Uh, pilot union representative and he's a friend of his yeah. and he has that sort of corporate way about him but um i think he's always solid you've always he's not one of those anonymous famous that you've ever been like i have to look up and see if there are any movies where he's like leading man and if i thought much of him see, i don't think I, I think i've always just seen him as a character actor in the back or somebody mm. who's you know some lawyer or a businessman or something like that um john goodman crops up here as harling mays now, I know you didn't like that character, nope. right? I really thought it was fun. Um, and, you know... <laughs> but it's like pushing this thing where, yes, you encounter people who have that... He's the well, he's a criminal he's a drug element. Dealer. He's a drug dealer, criminal yeah. element, friend of his. He lives the life of... Somebody who buys drugs needs somebody to get them off. Yeah, fuck everybody, and I'm just going to do whatever I want and I'm going to be the enabler. Whenever a dude comes to me and wants some coke, I'm there for him. And he's got this, you know, he's overtly tries to be charming and he's loud and he's like, you know, and I think it, it's a caricature. It's a little bit like the, the big Lebowski character, right? Yeah, and they're not, it's out of place to me because it's like everybody else is is reasonably what they are. Even yeah, Cheadle but, as a lawyer. that world is, that... The person you buy drugs off is a bit... Not always, but he's just too... He takes it that, yeah, that kind of... Yeah, you're right. He took a little Lebowski thing and... It was a little too accurate. It almost felt like he'd stepped off the set of The Big Lebowski to me. Like he'd actually stepped off that set and came in here. That's how it felt like to me. And maybe that's what they were going for. 
Um, I mean, he does a fine job of it. I really like... No, the scene in the ho- in the hotel room where he's come to sort him yeah. out. I thought that was really profound because of the interaction between the, the men who were in the room. Like, men who... What the hell is this? But the oh. character, the way he portrays it, I don't like the characters. Right, but that's too fault big. with the writer or whatever. You know, he, I think. No, he's... I mean, it's a little bit. I know they want the contrast between this world and that world, and how our pilot guy is skirts both. Right, and this is how he copes with the difference. You know, but he was just too, for me, just like. I don't know. And I liked it because it kind of gave you It broke me a... out of the seriousness of the movie, which I don't mind, but also out of the believability, which I do mind. Right. I, I enjoyed it, and it's very brief. He's not in it long. It's a couple of scenes. And... It was enough to make me roll my eyes. And the couple of scenes that he is in made sense. Absolutely. Um, that he would contact this guy because this is, you know, if you're a drug addict, you need drugs, right? And He's the guy, right? The enabler, like you say. Um, Don Cheadle, Hugh Lang. I would give him best supporting actor. I don't know if he's supporting actor, though, is he? You've been in love with Cheadle since Boogie Nights. <laughs> he's amazing. He's he's he is understated. Amazing. He can say so much without saying anything for me. Um, he's like, I don't know. I think he's really amazing. I think he's... I like to see him. I know, yes, he has been a leading man in some mm-hmm. movies, but you generally see him as a character actor in the back, don't you? But he always does a good job. And I think he... I don't know what you have to be to be a supporting actor. He's, he's, not, he's, he's more like... Do you have to be the person who's on the screen the most a second time? I don't or? know how they define it. But I loved his performance. He is a supporting actor. He is, isn't so he? So any of the, that guy or the other... The Greenwood, Greenfield, Greenberg, whatever he is. He could also be supporting. Bruce Greenwood. Yeah. I, um, I just like the subtlety of his performance. Like how he knows a lot about this man... Yet, he only knows what's on the paper, but he kind of judges him by just looking at him. Yep. And it's really interesting, like, because you know what is going through Don Cheadle's mind. But he also, when the drug dealer mentions a certain drug thing that gets done, he knows exactly how to do it. Either he has dabbled in his youth, or he's dealt with so many scumbag Scumbags. clients. Yeah, I think But scumbag. I think he's lived that life, and he's sort of what... Denzel could have been in life. A professional who conquered his own demons a long time ago, and now he fully is functional and professional without anything. Where that's what I'm seeing as that character kind of does that for me. Like, look what you could be. Like on the straight and narrow, really professional, really good at your job, but you chose to keep mingling in the drugs and stuff. But I think every single time he came on the screen, I was like, oh, talk some more, Mr. Ch- Mr. Cheadle. And then finally, I'd put down Melissa Leo. She's not in it very long, <laughs> no. but she's always good in whatever she's Absolutely. in. And she's so authoritative in this one. Like, And her question, like, I think that's one of the best scenes, to be honest, because she gets to the bottom of it. And it's because he's listening to her and looking at this picture. You know. And I, I don't think it's a catalyst. It is just the moment and it could have been anyone, but yeah. I mean, she the is powerful moment occurs while she's... Who I think of, there's never been one time, like you are with Washington, that I'm her. There's never a time when she's not super compelling. And then this is directed by Robert Zemeckis, who we all know for, from over the years. Directed all three Back to the Future movies. Forrest Gump, one of a lot of people's all-time favourites, you know. And uh, Contact, which was an amazing movie with Jodie Foster... Castaway, his last um, 
Plane Crash movie. Plane Crash slash... It's an awesome movie, Castaway. Um, and now Flight. Um, and he, he had a bit of a break. Ten years break where he did The Polar Express. And another one, Mars Needs Mums, was it? Or was, yeah. There was another one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had a... He went into th- uh, 3D animation uh, movies. Um, I don't care what anybody says. Polar Express is Picasso creepy. It is pretty creepy. It's very creepy. Because it was at the point where the technology was at a certain point. Oh, it's just the style of the characters. It's not even the technology. I always thought it's the, the Tom way Hanks they designed... character is real stiff and weird. Yeah, but I mean, this the, the way they designed the look of the elves. It's a good story, though, that Polar Express. I really liked the story. The mm-hmm. heart of it. But yeah, I like to see Robert Zemeckis making live action movies. Obviously, with real live people. This was a good one to come back with. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, Robert Zemeckis. Uh, now, Blu-ray extras on this uh, disc. Um, there are not a lot. No, but they are impactful good. and they're full of information. So there's the making of flight. There's origins of flight. Anatomy of a plane crash and question and answers highlights. So there's just four things. But they're not the... Type well last week when I, when we watched um, mm-hmm. compliance. compliance and I was kind of disappointed that the extras were so weak and there was nothing being told to us. This tells you there's on the scene footage, on the set footage you see the airplane, the people being the spun writer around. tells you exactly how he came to write the story, which is really good and in briefly but enough. Right. So sometimes, like I give the extras on this a nine because it's everything I need to know. Yeah. About this story. Right, you and felt shortchanged by compliance. You were like, well, this was a great movie, but where's the behind the scenes stuff? Yeah, where's I, I want to know about the real story of this or the how we made it even or just anything. I love the the origin of the the idea in a writer's mind. Now sometimes I would be disappointed because some movies that I find that I love probably started in a boardroom with a bunch of suit people on sitting there going, How can we make you know, how can we make 2013 super profitable? Uh, what's the what's hot right now? Oh, we need a comedy romance, but with a twist. Uh, what can we put together for that? Now, if that's the origin of a movie that I love, I might not want to know it. But other stories like this, which is really But well, he even tells you where it came yeah, from. Yeah, really personal. Yeah. That, and yes, of course, he wants to write a movie he can sell and make money. But it started as a glimmer of a And he put thing. it aside because... Because yeah. of the business of Hollywood. Well, first it was because he didn't want to face his own right. thing. So well, then that's the business of Hollywood that. interfered with his movie because people were saying to him, "Our rated dramas are not the thing. We don't make them. They don't make money." Right now, right or now, in a lull. Yeah, of that, right. yeah. But now is the time for those. So maybe this year we we'll see. What's Training Day? Them. It's an R-rated drama. Yeah, there's been R-rated dramas always. Every single one is. Every I would single... think would be R-rated. I mean, it's. If Not like we, I don't feel like, oh my god, over the last few years I've been so lacking in R-rated dramas. Because, no, we've seen loads of them. Welcome to the Rileys. What's the name of that next one? End of Watch. I thought I said Baywatch. I'm like, oh my god, please tell me we're not watching we're Baywatch. We're watching Baywatch movie. next week <laughs> on Blu-ray. Uh, you're going to see oh slow motion god. David Hasselhoff. No, it'd be like a whole new cast, like with the new Star Trek. We're going we're gonna to snap it up a they bit. They are making a Baywatch movie. Oh my word. Uh, all this time later. Why? I don't want to see it. So, um, in conclusion, Flight, you must see this movie, I think. It's a fantastic movie. Um, yes, it yes it earns its R rating. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you might be shocked in some points. There's drug use, there is nudity, there is... People, That's about it, though. The theme, I think, is overall... The theme is... It's curse a lot of moral issues, you know? Um, what so, doesn't? 
That's what I'm saying. It earns its R rating. It's not flinching. It doesn't kind of go, here's somebody doing drugs. It's off camera. No, you see somebody doing drugs, right? It doesn't any sex. No, So they didn't shy away from that. Right. It wasn't necessary, though. No, I'm just saying. I mean, yes, there could have been a sex scene. I, I yeah, could think of where one could go. But it doesn't move anything. But right. when you see somebody losing themselves like she does with the needle... And most of us has seen... I've even seen it on, like, intervention and stuff. And I've seen real people in real life do it. It's still... It, it gives you a glimmer into that person. Whereas watching two people screw. Unless there's something pivotal in the way they react. Then it's there's not also a, anything. I also really like the soundtrack to this movie. And oh, it yeah. does feature a lot of Rolling Stones. So they must have <laughs> paid a lot of money for that. Because I was like, wow, they got the Rolling Stones. Because Stone those now. are songs that you directly... When you're fucked up, when you're Mondrian, you're not doing very well. When you're Mondrian, I had to think of a new artist, Mondrian (laughs) or Monet. When you're Monet'd up, um, there are certain songs from our American classic history, and I know the British Rolling Stones aren't American, but classic rock and roll that sort of like enable you and confirm that you're. The way you're feeling, like jazzed up or wasted, they empower you. Like, please allow me to introduce myself, That's and then you feel well like, done too, isn't it? and then you feel like, oh yeah, I'm the bad, I'm I'm a bad mofo. It's actually, I, I love that they play it. John yeah. Goodman. I know you don't like the John Goodman character, but he's this weird-looking drug dealer, and he's got his headphones in, and he's walking down the hospital corridor, and that mm-hmm. that line, please allow me to introduce, is playing while he's walking. And then he pulls the earphones out and the music subsides. It's really good, that. I thought it was well Because that's done. what he's listening to in his headphones. Exactly what he's listening <laughs> to, but the music's telling his story also. It's really yep. good. Um, it's mostly Rolling Stones music. I was trying to think, who else was in the soundtrack? No, it's mostly Rolling Stones. Different Rolling Stones songs. Um, oh, and there's a, there's a song at the beginning where she's getting mm-hmm. lost with the needle, and that's from Natural Born Killers. It's... Uh, uh, Sweet Jane or Su- well, Sweet Sweet Jane. From the movie. But, but yeah, that's yeah. the first time I ever heard it. Sweet Sweet Jane. Yeah, that one. Um, so yeah, it's a mixture, but it's mostly Rolling Stones music. But it's a really good soundtrack. Um, so in conclusion, I say go and buy, buy this, watch it. Well, watch it. You could rent it as well, but you don't have to buy it. Yeah, well, whatever. It's one of the uh, best movies I've seen for some time. Um Compliance was pretty good, but it wasn't this. No. It doesn't rank with this sort of quality. Right, so see it. Uh, it's out next week. Thanks to Paramount for the Blu-ray. If you want to go and enter a contest to win some Blu-rays, go to com. Next week's Blu-ray review is Baywatch on um, Blu-ray. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not, actually. It's uh, You thought it was Baywatch, even though the cover looks nothing like Baywatch, but it is End of Watch, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Penner. Um, we will be watching that next week and talking about it for your pleasure. <laughs> so, uh, new movie game, movie year. You're presuming a lot that people get pleasure from listening to this. Yes, movie year. Maybe they get wasted and listen to us because we sound so freaky. <laughs> right. What are we saying? Movie year. Oh, we still haven't named it. Ever. I'm so yeah, we have. I... It's called movie year. That kind of. I sucks. named it. That kind of sucks. But fine, I'll support you on that. All movie right. year is. I'm... I say movie. You. Guess the year. Yes. You say movie. I guess the year. All the listeners out there, you can try and guess the year. Without looking. So I'm going to give you yours first. All right. The movie is, and it's related to this movie, very smallly. <laughs> Airplane. Didn't I just do that one last week? 1980. Did you do that one last week? Yeah, Airplane was my Airplane. movie last week. You're yeah. correct then. 1980. <laughs>
Let me confirm that. Well, let me do mine. Uh, airplane, 1980. I got that right because I did it last week. Uh, and you guessed like Why did you say airplane? Why was that related to compliance? I don't do them that are related. Oh, you don't? I'm doing them in alphabetical order. I see. And mine for this week is American Graffiti. It's, it, I also try to pick ones that are a little bit like you think you know the year, but it kind of plays with 72. Oh, was that your final answer? Yeah. That's so close. 1973. Because I was thinking, where's Star Wars? <laughs> it's got to be before that. Because it's George Lucas, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, because I would feel like it's a late 60s kind of thing. But yeah, I did Airplane last week. I was pretty close. Very good. And you only win because of my stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Now, next week, if you do American Graffiti, yeah, that'd will, be fantastic. I'll, I'll do that. Okay. So, uh, movie recommendations this week. I am going for, uh, always in relation to the movie we are watching, number one, Castaway. Um, Robert Zemeckis knows how to film plane crashes. Two different, very different Two plane very crashes, different plane crashes, both so, totally riveting. It would make you not... Uh, Want to fly on a plane. Not for a while. And secondly... I don't think you can deter me from flying, though. I'd love it so much. Related to Denzel Washington, secondly, is uh, Man on Fire. Of course. Which is um, Tony Scott's... It's a little more related to this character. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's a fantastic movie, Man on Fire. It really but, is. Uh, and it's just... That is a tour de force performance from Denzel Washington. He makes that movie amazing. I agree with that one. Definitely. I do agree with that. And Tony Scott. Bless his little soul. <laughs> Mine are uh, Training Day. Because I actually think... I, I would have also chosen that. It's like the cranked up part of, a, of an intense Denzel character. But missing the, 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 the weakest parts. Like the, the really inside falling apart parts. You know what I'm saying? Same as Safe House. You get the tough guy. You don't get the the guts of the guy. So Training Day to me is a good example. Plus, who was who's in Ethan Hawke? Really mm-hmm. good. Really yeah. good. That's a yeah. good movie. I mean, it was didn't it win Picture of the Year? Or something? Yeah. Nominated for it anyway. Oh, and yeah, uh, my other one is nothing to do with this movie whatsoever. But last night I watched a documentary called Trek Nation. It's actually made by Gene Roddenberry, who's the son of Gene Roddenberry. What's his name? Yeah. Gene Roddenberry Jr. Um, that when he was growing up... He Who's makes Star Trek. Yeah, it's Trek Nation, a.k.a. Star Trek. Yeah, it's about Star Trek. That he didn't care anything about Star Trek when he was growing up, and his dad was a bit of a... Well, you'll find out. And it's it's well put together, and I thought at first, oh, he's going to be... It's going to be... He's going to be one of those guys that's really annoying to me, but he's fully aware that he's been sort of a, a dork in his... Like, a dork as in, like, a loser, teenager kind of guy and really rebellious and never really into what his father was doing. And his mother is the... She was the nurse in the original Star Trek, and she's also the woman who does the voice of the computer in Next Generation and Voyager. And she played... Uh, Deanna's mother in Star Trek Next Generation. So she's that's his mother and Gene Roddenberry's his father. And it's like the whole story kind of of their family. And this guy followed... Because Gene Roddenberry died when he was 17. He had to kind of go at it a different way where he started like interviewing fans and casting crew from all the different shows who worked with him directly. Just to... Because he didn't know his father hardly at all. And then it shows you that he's... It's earned his... Like, he's a Trekkie now, he says, because before he didn't care. But I just found it really interesting because I'm kind of into Star Trek. And not of, not like... I cried during this documentary because it occurred to me that 
I am like, it's that Issa kept saying it's an intangible connection that people who either get it or they don't. And you either like get so lost in the Star Trek world and the themes and the whole of it, or you just don't. You just go, oh, Star Trek, you know, or the idiots who say, ooh, Star Trek versus Star Wars. And I was like, I'm the person who gets it. I want to like call you right now and tell you, I'm not one of those people. I'm never going to dress up as a Star Trek character. I'm never going to go to a conference. I'm never going to do any of that. And I can have a tattoo of the communicator on my arm. You know, they showed you all these people who have. Oh, yeah. In their lives, but he told a lot of stories of people who, of course, you know, have used Star Trek in their life to overcome things like one guy who was a paraplegic from an accident, and it was in the 60s, and he just wanted to die, and then Star Trek began, and it was like his, the thing that every week he would look forward to, and it kept him from wanting to commit suicide, that was the one thing, and then it kind of grew from there, and, you know... Yes, lots of anybody could have that story, right? You could say that Saved by the Bell, that stupid kid show, could have. I'm sure somebody goes for everything. Sure, but for this particular one, and then he got to see the scope of it, and there was footage of him as a baby, because he was born in 74, so Star Trek had already been on and gone. But it shows them, and they have like a, a big model of the Enterprise like on their coffee table or something, and she's holding him as like a newborn baby, and they like sit him on this model, kind of holding him on it, so you're seeing the whole thing. And he's like, I never knew that even ever happened. I, it wasn't right. in our house. like we. So So it's on Netflix. Yeah, on Netflix. It's called <clears throat> Trek Nation. And there's a couple others. I was going to say, don't spoil all of it. <laughs> well, I can't tell it as good as it is. It's not perfect or anything, but right. it's like, if you like Star Trek, I think you'd be interested. All right, so uh, games and Ace Scully stuff this week. The new Call of Duty Black Ops map pack, entitled Yay. Revolution. Came out this week. Um, Fabulous. Four new maps for multiplayer, a new zombie map, and a new zombie mode. I know nothing about the zombie mode. I never ever play it, so I don't You never have? Never even fired it up or anything. I just never bother with it. It's a thing that exists in Call of Duty that I know nothing of. And I play Call of Duty hundreds of hours. Every day of your life. So um, it's not for me. But they actually, for the first time, ever put a new gun in the game, which... You'd never get a new gun. There's just a set of guns at the beginning, and that's it. But now that in the DLC, in the pack, you get a gun, which is a really good gun Does as it well. put you at a disadvantage if you don't buy the pack maps? If you uh, don't buy the DLC? You can't play the maps if you don't buy the DLC. Right, but I'm saying if you don't buy the DLC and you um, don't get no, the map, gun. No, the gun's no better than any other gun. It's just different. Okay. Like, it, it feels slightly different than another submachine gun, yet... You could do equally as well with one of the others. Okay. Yeah, it, it's, it's just something different. It just feels a little different. The aim's slightly different. When you've played it so long, every nuance of the game you know. So when you try something completely new, you're like, I can see the difference. It jumps up a little bit more when you shoot. That might be an advantage sometimes because you can get more shots in the top of the body, which you get more points for. It's one of those things. But um, it's out now. It's 1,200 Microsoft points. Um, one of the maps takes place in a skateboard park. Which you might think, that doesn't make sense. It's a war game. Why would there be an escape of that? Well, no, because the story of Black Ops 2 actually happens in America. It's not, you know. In the city. Right, so it's in a skateboard park. And it's kind of like the X Games. Like these big ramps and loops. But they're not skateboarding. Nobody's skateboarding. Okay. Yeah. It's cleared out because the soldiers are <laughs> right, there, right? Okay, yeah. But you're fighting in the skate park and you're climbing up uh, half pipes and standing on the top of... You know, it's, it's a very odd place to, you know... 
a war to happen. It's very odd because you normally in a field or in broken down houses, you know, you know how war games usually or like are. an urban street, urban with big building, yeah, with with you know explosions everywhere. But this is in a the pit in the middle of the day in a skate park. It's very colourful because there's lots of like sponsor logos and graffiti. Not really, but like skateboard logos, like, you know, real colourful stuck on the ramps and stuff. So it looks very different to what you've ever seen before. One of the maps is also in a ski resort, like with the ski slope and the gondolas that go up and then the lodge at Mm. the top and then a lodge at the bottom. So all the action kind of, one team spawns in one lodge, one team spawns in the other lodge and all the action kind of happens in the middle of the ski slope because that's where everybody congregates. And there's like skidoos and snowmobiles and things like that to hide behind so it's very different to what we've played before i think they're making a good effort with the maps they're not just like putting out these yeah just give them a couple of desert maps because most of call of duty the maps are like in the desert or in a city a city or a like a like a third world country that's all smashed up you know whereas these are like very different like why are we on a ski slope it's never explained but you know it happens because war goes everywhere doesn't it right so uh yeah that's black ops revolution you can buy it now and you probably have already bought it if and this weekend uh the whole weekend is a double xp weekend but it's not a real double x normally you get double xp you just said that last week it was a, a double xp weekend last weekend but this weekend because they're giving you a new gun in the new call of duty you level up your gun as well as you so there's XP for your gun. And Only XP the new gun? For any gun. Okay. So you level your guns as well as you level you. So everyone's level again. So this weekend it's double XP for weapons weekend, not for you. So you can, if you've been trying to level up all your guns, because if you do level your guns up to the very top, you get uh, the gold-plated version of the gun, so it looks different. That's the reason to level your guns up, to get the... There's even a... There's even a version of the guns that looks like it's been bedazzled. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that that jewel kind of encrusted looking. Um, so yeah, it's uh, this weekend double weapon XP all weekend. So I'll be jumping in for some of that. Get those sniper rifles that I never use up to level easier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I'm terrible with sniper rifles. So I never level them up because I hardly ever use them because I'm garbage with them. But if it's double XP, it doesn't take as long. So I'll do that. Uh, second game I've been playing this week is a game called Deadlight, and it's a zombie survival game. And it was very cheap on Steam. They had like some kind of sale this week where it was two seventy five for the whole game, and it's like a fifteen dollar game. And it's a side scrolling. So and it all takes place in the shadows. So everything's a shadow. Like the city's a shadow. Your guy's a shadow. And sometimes you'll walk through light and you'll see some detail, but very rarely it all, all looks from the side like like a shadow box. But it's a zombie game, and you you are a survivor of a zombie apocalypse, and you're going to get from one end of the city to the other. And your wife, you're trying to find your wife. And um, it's not like your typical zombie game, because you start off with no weapon at all. You've got to use your wits to get away from the zombies, such as like climbing on top of things, and then all the zombies are all there. And then whistling, you can whistle. They'll come all come towards you, and when they all get near you, then jump over them and run away kind of thing. You have to use your wits to... Eventually you get an axe. But all on a horizontal thing where you have to keep moving to the right. All moving to the right, like an old school arcade game almost, but really fantastic, detailed kind of look. Um, you get an axe eventually, which you can use to solve little puzzles, like 
there's like a door at the top that's got um, boarded up and you have to like jump up and then smash a door down with the axe but there's puzzles like I don't know how to get to that door maybe you have to jump off this thing and jump off that thing without killing yourself there's um, eventually you get a pistol and it's all told to you really well it tells it like a story so like you find a pistol on the floor and then it does a flashback to when just before the zombie outbreak and you're on your farm where he used to live this guy and he's with his father and his father's saying you need to learn how to shoot a pistol you never know what could happen these days and and then you actually get to do shoot these tin cans off this off this fence with your father saying yeah this is how you handle a gun you never know what might happen you know so that's how convenient you... yeah but it's really cool the way it's done it's like nice voice acting so yeah it's dead light it's really interesting it came out on Xbox Live Arcade uh, last year I believe but now it's on PC and I got it on Steam I don't know if it's still in the sale but it was only two part two, two part two dollars <laughs> and seventy five cents um there was a tornado this week here in uh, Missouri. I don't know. Was that, guaranteed, was that confirmed? It was confirmed as a... It said it was a tornado. And it also said it was a category something storm. But anyway, I was here and you were at work. And um, it was a really grim morning. I was on my computer and it was very grim and dark. It seemed like nighttime. And uh, I had this window open. Because it was what it was the day after it had been it was like really 70 it was seventy degrees the day before, and and it, I had the window open because it felt nice, you know, it wasn't too cold, and then I just heard like a weird the siren started going off, and I was like, oh, they're testing the sirens because they test them around here every so often, don't they? Uh, they only test them on Thursday. They do, so you and that's what made that me think. Wasn't Thursday? That maybe that. <laughs> this was so a then, Tuesday. Then I heard wind getting up, you know. Because we have lots of trees, so it's very easy to hear the leaves in our backyard. If there's any wind, it's like whoosh. So I was thinking, wow, it's getting really windy. And I can hear a dog barking like crazy over there. And it was kind of bugging me. I was like, I better shut that window. So I shut the window, and then I went into the kitchen, and we've got a big, um, what do you call that? Sliding glass door. Sliding glass door. And I'm looking out of the door, and we've got a um, a deck with some lawn furniture on it. Uh, And they kind of like wicker basket, and they're pretty lightweight, right? And they're not that lightweight. No. When you pick them up, they're actually, you know, they're, they're not like, like plastic seven chairs. Pounds, yeah, they're not like those cheap pounds. plastic chairs that would no, fly no. up in here. So I'm stood there and I'm looking and it's getting really windy and I can see the wind. You know when you can see the wind? You see all the rubbish that's in the wind, yeah, the leaves it, that are in it. Yeah, and it's coming like, and I was like, wow. And it's coming really fast. And it came across our deck and everything on our deck pretty much flew up in the air and went over the side of the deck. And I was like, wow, that's a strong wind because those... It never happens. No, that never happens. So it continued to go across. And then I saw our uh, trash cans, wheelie bins, just start to roll like they were like somebody was pushing them. Yep. And they were pushing and they were going and they were going. And I was like, wow, how far are they going to go? And they went all the way into the neighbor's... <laughs> he has a doll's house in his garden. And it's about how far? 20 yards, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, about 20 yards, yeah. they, and they ended up smashed into his doll's house. And then, <laughs> the neighbor's fence just completely fell down. Like, it just... They have, like, a six-foot solid wooden, wooden fence. Wooden fence that just fell down. And then it then it just went away. Like, it, it went away. Well, like it went it, on down the street and tore up some right, trees Right, but it was almost like it had <laughs> never been here. Like, it, like it, it went... It was like being... Definitely a whirlwind, if it wasn't a full tornado. What I felt like, I was. it felt like being in a car wash. Oh, yeah. Like when a car wash goes across and then it's gone. And then it's like, whoa, it's real. And there's just like destruction, though. 
And I, you know, we went, we've got some damage to the roof, but no damage to me or you. And um, apparently I shouldn't have been stood near the uh, patio door. <laughs> when it was happening. But for in some reason, I, to, I was supposed to be in the basement. Everybody kept saying, oh, you were in the basement, were you? I didn't think of it. I wanted to watch. Which because is really stupid. you're from a country who doesn't have tornadoes. No. I'm from a life, an entire childhood, in I fact, mean, yes, I did. Where I was terrified of tornadoes, and every hint of a tornado, my mother would be like, get to the basement, get to the basement, everybody get to the basement. And we've been in other people's basements when we were at their house when a storm came up. I spent a New Year's Eve once when I was a young girl. All Everyone, because like a bunch of parents got together to play cards and drink beer, and then the kids, we'd all go play downstairs and all this stuff. Well, all of a sudden, here come all the parents, because there's a storm and a tornado, they are all been drinking, we're moving everybody to the basement, you know, and the crock pot came down, and so my whole life has been, a re- you get a reminder, every time you go to school, you do tornado drills. At my job, we do tornado drills. So to you, it's like, it's not even a thing. It's like, what? I mean, I did I want to watch the I tornado. went down in the basement purely because... Just after it had passed by, because sometimes we get water in the basement, and there was a lot of water coming down at that point. So was there ever any hail? Yeah, a little bit. So I went down to look if there was any water in the basement, which there wasn't, but in the garage, there's some had come under the door. And I was moving some stuff out so it didn't get wet. But that was the only reason I was in the basement. So I was probably it had gone by then, though. Yeah. Didn't. So yeah, it was really interesting. I've never seen... We, I've seen them. Me and you have seen them. There was one day where we did go in the basement yeah. because it was pretty pretty crazy, but we didn't see it properly. This one, I felt like I saw a, either a whirlwind or a tornado. I was in it <laughs> for a few seconds. It's crazy. It's destructive. I mean, it threw and some chairs And that was not a there. big thing. Like, when we think of Joplin a couple of years no, ago. A few you can't even here. imagine. Well, you can imagine. When you're looking at it, you're like, yeah, this can just totally... Your house could be... Dead, gone. Yeah, if that had been a few yards a different direction, it could have actually just ripped more Smashed of Smashed all the off. windows, yeah. could, could do anything. So, yeah, it was... I'm surprised it, it didn't rip up our grapevine fence, because it's pretty flimsy. And it didn't. It was, it, was, it was moving at the time, and the trees were going crazy. And we've had a tree chopped down, so yeah. there's one less tree to go crazy. That's but, good. Um, yeah, so that happened this week, which was really interesting, and I... Um, People have said to me, "Oh, did you get video footage?" But while well, it was happening, and I could have, I had my, I had my uh, everything ready to. I mean, I could have. I had my tablet in my hand at one point. I could have videoed stuff, but I, you don't think, do you? When something. Oh, crazy I would happens. instantly. Yeah, no, I'm I different than you. I would be taking pictures when the ice storm happened a few years ago. I had my camera out, ready to film everything. I just so. wanted to watch what it was doing, <laughs> and never thought to look through a lens to do it. Um, so that happened, and another thing is this is the last thing for me this week. I have a oh, thank goodness. I have a Braun Clean and Charge electric razor, and I don't know if a lot of men out there they probably do. It's one of the most popular razors on the market. It's like um, they make lots of different ones. It's an electric razor, and it plugs into a base station, and the base station has a little cartridge that you plug into it that cleans your razor. You press a button, cleans your razor, dries your razor with some hot air, and then charges it up. And you can buy the cartridges. They cost like ten dollars for two or three. No, it's fourteen dollars for two. Oh no! Well, they've gone one down. One of them is nine ninety. One was nine ninety nine. Two is like fifteen dollars. Oh, they don't sell them in ones, according to the website. They have met, They used to have them at Walmart in ones. Hmm. Not anymore. So anyway, I think it's two for ten dollars on uh, mm. Amazon. Now, but I always look at the when I pull pull it out after it's and it lasts about for me it lasts about sixty days. 
one cartridge. It's supposed to last 30 days, but I don't do it every day. I just like do it every two days, and I found that that still lasts 60 days. So every time I pull it out and I, I throw it in the bin, I always think, what a waste this thing is. It's this plastic canister. It's got this top... I don't know what's it. You know, it's got this stuff inside it that smells. Now you know what which it is. I always thought was like some toxic, horrible stuff, but... So I looked online thinking, maybe like in the interest of preserving the environment, I could just fill them up with whatever's in it. Like, what is it that's in it, though? We don't know. So I found a website, only one website in existence that I could find (laughs) that actually tackles this subject. And this guy's an environmentalist, and he was kind of pissed off that he had to keep buying these plastic canisters and throwing them away. So he scientifically broke it down. How about not using electricity to shave your face? Right, but, you know. How, yeah, well, let's just go there, Mr. Hypocrite guy with a website. Right, but... If you're an environmentalist, you don't use electricity. No, he's not an environmentalist as so much as he just wanted not yeah, to. Yeah, like you. Yeah, right, and not to pay $10 every time he wanted to do it, right? So, um, you can clean out this. Uh, I did it this week, and it works perfectly, right? So, take the cartridge out of the shaver, out of the shaver base... And take it into your sink and just get some hot water running and just put it in the big hole on the, um, there's a big hole on top of it. Just run it into it. Wouldn't you want to flush what's in it down the toilet instead of throwing all your hair shavings in your sink? Uh, it just goes down the plug hole. In fact, it's not really hair shavings. It's like, it's all in alcohol. It kind of melts it down. It's weird. It's okay. just like a, a, a sludgy. I'd liquid. probably flush it down the toilet. So you just run some hot water. Um, and just flush the cartridge out. I had to flush the cartridge out for two or three minutes because there's a lot of stuff in there. And then when I shook it out and I looked, it wasn't fully clean. So if you just put some uh, dish soap in there, and then the best thing to do is put the lid on and shake it up and then flush it out. It comes perfectly clean like it's brand new. And then what you do is you get rubbing alcohol, which you can buy anywhere, uh, the 70% kind. To be specific, I use it for cleaning heat sinks when I'm building PCs, so I already had some. Um, I use it for cleaning thermal paste off heat sinks because it's perfect for that. So you pour, you fill the cartridge back up with the rubbing alcohol to three quarters of the way, and then you buy what is it called? Essential oil, lemon. Lemon essential oil, which you got from Walmart, right? Hy-Vee. Hy-Vee. It's just a little bottle, costs six dollars, I think. Six dollars was that? But there's a lot in it. Well, it doesn't look like a lot. No, it's a little teeny tiny bottle. Tiny. Like the size of my thumb. It's right. like teeny tiny with the dropper and inside you add the bottle. 42 drops of that to the And I was convinced that would be the whole bottle. It really is hardly no, anything. No, right? it was hardly anything. It was great. Right, so you'd probably be able to fill it 10 times with that. Right? I'd say so. So you add 42 drops and then you can put the lid back on and shake it up. That's the best thing. And I have got a lid now. I found one. Shake it up. Put it back in your machine, clean your razor. It's exactly like the real stuff. I'm going to calculate how much you're saving me because I actually am the one who pays for them. So how much have I spent over the years? Huh? huh? How much am I going to be well, spending? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's saving yeah. quite a lot. In fact, for years, you got those for Christmas because yeah. I was sick of buying them normal. I'm like, well, I'm going to fold this into the Christmas I, And budget. the thing is, you might have to buy the wrong clean and shave thing every so often when your cartridge, when you're flushing it out. and it, the, There's a filter in the bottom of it that I'm assuming traps the hair down or something so it doesn't push it back up into your razor. Oh, yeah. Like it goes through it one way, but it won't come out Right. Once that... The guy says, eventually you can't flush that out. It gets... He he says it's usually after about six times of cleaning it out. But still. Oh, that... If you only have to buy them every six 
times. What do you say? Right, right. Okay. If you only have to buy one box of them a year, rather than, like... Four. Yeah. So, if you've got a clean and charge razor, and most of the Braun electric razors... Those are less than... If you do it every 60 days, that's every two months. So, yeah. Once a year, or less. Yeah. So, um, if you have a clean and charge Braun razor, which most of them are, it's like the base that you put it in as, like, a cleaning thing inside. That's all it is. Alcohol and lemon. Um, they also... The guy says you can put blue food colouring in as well because when you buy the official ones, they're kind of blue, the water, and that's all it is, blue food colouring. There's no need to put that in, though. I mean, it's pointless unless you just want it to look the same. But, um, yeah, that's how you fill the brown clean and charge. And it but smells great. It smells just like the official one. It's I've shook it up now, so it's not all in one place because when you do put the lemon oil in, it kind of sits in the alcohol, doesn't it? It's oil. Yeah. So <laughs> you when know? you shake it up, it does... It makes me want to get other essential oils and do stuff with them, which I know lots of people do anyway, like put them in topical lotions and things because they smell so amazing. I mean, they choose lemon for to clean your shaver because it smells fresh right when you're shaving. But you could put another oil in there, couldn't you? Mm, or guess. does lemon do something to metal? I don't know. You'd have you to know? look it up. Like if you put mint in there or even a couple drops That's of mint. That's what I'm saying, mint. Like, mint and lemon Because mint would feel fresh, wouldn't it, when you were shaving too? Because there's lots of mint shaving creams. Is it? That's true. So, yeah, that's uh, my shaving tips for this week. <laughs> Tornado and shaving tips. Sid Tor, what's for dinner? I have no idea. Because this is an, un- an unscheduled time and day and all that kind of stuff. So I actually have no idea. Probably something very basic, like veggie burgers, fries, and whatnot. Uh, yeah, this is Thursday afternoon. So that's that. And my mother's coming later, so you never know. She often uh, offers to buy us some food. Um, but what I'll fill this spot with is... Not really recommendations because we're off topic, but I also discovered, which you already knew about, a couple of Dalek movies. Doctor Who and the Daleks, and Daleks something Invasion 2015 or something like that, 2150-something. And uh, they look really fun, very 60s, 70s kitsch kind of Doctor Who BBC movies, and I would... I'm going to pursue either buying them digitally or getting them on DVD. If anyone else loves Doctor Who and didn't even know they exist, there's star Peter Cushing, who plays Doctor Who. He has a granddaughter. I've seen them. I don't know if there's any explanation for why he has a granddaughter. And uh, they, you know, I think it's really interesting. Then I watched a, a documentary called Dalek Mania, which explains a little bit about them as well. So I thought that was interesting. I saw them when I was a kid. They showed them a lot on TV on bank holidays, Doctor Who right. movies. So I did get they to see like them. They were like a big hit, yeah. and they were in like fifty countries, translated into fifty different languages or something like that. So that's another. That's what's for supper, Dalek movies. <laughs> and and my advice. What did I say? My advice. Oh yeah, that's it. Based on this movie, you know, life. We do. You do need a lot of distractions in life to cope with or. Or avoid coping with things. And that's fine. You gotta have it. But, as we see in this particular character, you gotta find some balance. Like, you know, if you get a stressful job like a pilot, or a nurse, or a teacher, or a doctor, or something like that, you could imagine that you can't cope with it all, right? And coming home on a Friday night when you know you don't work for two days and drinking a couple beers, no big deal. You just want to unwind. But if every single day... You start your day and end your day with a shot of whiskey or a snort of cocaine because you can't cope. Well, that's not good. So, you know, have your distractions and your, what would you call it? So are you saying a little cocaine is fine? I'm not opposed to cocaine 100%. Uh, I'm not a fan of it, but I 
I think everything in moderation, maybe with a few exceptions of very bad, bad, bad things. Crystal meth, not really something you want to toy with. Give it a little bit. No. No? Not crystal meth, not heroin. (laughs) Don't do drugs, kids. (laughs) But, you know, if your distraction is that you, you know, I don't know, get obsessed with Star Trek movies and retreat from your family for two days, well, pick a good time to do that. But don't let it control your life. Send them away for two days. <laughs> Shopping or something. So you can do your own thing. You Correct. can snort cocaine, drink beer, and watch Star Trek. No. Crystal oh. meth is not part oh. of this you can do a little bit. moderation a thing. Little. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> don't even do any of it. Okay, moderation. I'll just say don't do any of it. All That's right. fine. So thanks for listening to the podcast. I want to remind you about our website. Say scully.com, sid.com. Catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch us on the Zoom. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace a.k.a. Xbox 360 Music Store. Garbage names. They need to rename that. Um, you can also catch this on the iTunes Music Store or just go to ascoli.com, click on the word podcast and subscribe using the RSS feed. Do you even have any feed. idea where most people come from? Or what yeah, mostly from them? the RSS feed and iTunes. So Mac, but Mac, ugh, Microsoft might not be even factor. No, the Zoom thing is a uh, very small percentage. Android is very small percentage. iTunes, huge. Because people have iPhones, right? So, right. Um, you can email feedback to me at ascoli at Don't email Sid Talk. She does not want your bullshit. And... Oh, you said a bad word. Oh, your bull Picasso. <laughs> and uh, stay classy, Mr. Denzel Washington. Um, crossing my fingers for your Oscar um, win in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, that's me. And I'm going to say, Daisy, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. 